Hello and welcome to the Taperums Podcast. I am Tony Taperum here again with Caesar Sneezer. Hello, how are you doing? With Willie the Silly. Hello, everybody. And with Freddie the Sweaty. <laughs> We've got a, a special show today. We'll run it down for you. We've got One Sip Worms. We we're going to be talking about therapy dogs, something we could all use right now. We're going to talk about the Korean baseball organization. And we'll wrap it up with the Tabrams Movie Club. All in the news, all stuff that we care deeply about. Roll the intro. All right, to kick it off, we've got the One Sip Worms, your favorite beer review segment. Today we are reviewing Para Mi Gente. Yeah. Caesar, I don't know about you, but I saw this somewhere and I was like, ooh, I like I want to try this beer. And you picked it up today at an actual brewery, not at a liquor store, right? Yeah, um, it's called Indie Brewing Company. Um, definitely go support them right now. They're they're actually open but for pickup. And I wish we could have given you this news earlier, but they had a Cinco de Mayo special where you could get a four-pack of Para Mi Gente pints, and they're a four-pack, I think, of their Michelada special. But um, yeah, Very good price. Yeah, it is a happy... things fun still. Happy belated um, Cinco de Mayo, <laughs> mm-hmm. too. Um, and it's in the Arts District, right? Yeah. So When, when you pull up, don't be afraid that you're going to get shanked, though, because upon entering that little alley where they are, it looks super sketchy. Mm. But there's a couple little breweries around there. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the art were patrolling. <laughs> the arts district is known for being sketchy, but it has like a good brewery setting vibe. That's why it's good yeah. because it's sketchy. Yeah. All right, let's get the crack open. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> wow. Okay, I was expecting it to be a little bit more darker amber, but mm, you know what I was confusing this with? A pilsner. Wow. I think I yeah, like pilsners. Yeah, this is a Mexican lager. Nose. Uh, a little sour on the sour side. Yeah, kinda, it smells weird. I, kinda, I do like sours, though. I've been getting into kombucha lately. Mm. Like, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. It smells very bready. Yeah, kind of bready. Definitely a fat head on this one. Whoa. Yeah, so a little bit more heady. Compared to what, what did we have last time where it had absolutely no head? It's kind of dry, too. It's pretty dry. Um, Very crisp, though. It's crisp. Mm. Is it viscous? Not at all. Good. Not a ton of finish. It's like hits and then like a little bitter. Oh. Crisp, I like though. It. I say sour on the nose, uh, crisp on the taste, and mm, the finish a little mellow. It's funny though because it's it's very it's very sour, but <clears throat> it's almost like a ghost hint of sweetness. Yeah, it's uh just right there. I mean, Mexican lager. I think of like Modelo, and it's not really much like a Modelo. I think the smell makes me think of Mexican lagers. Yeah, I mean, 
a lot of the night like loggers i was thinking like it to be more dark darker like a like a modelo negra but in this case it's a lot more like a mm, like a yeah like a lighter modelo or corona or something like that um yeah, i do like it though ideal vibe um I'm a huge fan of enchiladas, so I want to say this with some enchiladas. Big enchilada guy. Yeah. <laughs> and nachos. Um, I made nachos last night for dinner. Oh my gosh, so good. You know what? This this gives me like Thursday night football vibes. Yeah. This will go really good. Yeah, like you're saying with some Mexican food and just watching football. Just hanging out. Yeah. Oh, that's what I want right now. <laughs> uh, let's give it's it like a rating. Artwork too, though. We gotta yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the artwork... It's the Mexican flag, kind of, right? Yeah, pretty much. In in uh, it has the eagle uh, holding the two beers. It has the eagle holding two talkins. Oh, it's cool. It has a black ribbon. I don't know what that signifies. Uh, and and it says para mi gente. So it's it's for my people. So it's a beer for Mexicans, presumably. <laughs> It'd be really um, interesting to do a poll and see how many Mexicans like it. Because oh. I'm assuming, you know, they went for a flavor they thought Mexicans would like, or Chicanos. Yeah, I like it. Um, I definitely want to go to the brewery when things are back open. Yeah, let's go, guys. Yeah, um, it's, it's the inside area that I saw was pretty small. I don't know if there's another entrance, but the main bar and, like, hangout area was was, was pretty small. But, I mean... It also looked like they, it look, they definitely have Chicano vibes in there because even when I went right now, there was a lot of like younger Mexican dudes pulling up to go pick up their beers. And when they all pulled up, they all like went straight up to the bartender and skipped me in line because the bartender just knew them and it was their homie or whatever. Oh, <laughs> all right, cool. And then I, I just ended up walking up to the fridge of getting the beer out of the, getting the. Oh yeah. Out of like it, like okay, all right, these dudes are just gonna keep on talking to their homies. Um. But yeah, it, it does look like there's a vibe there, and if you're a regular, you're you're a regular. You get you get the treatment get the above perks. the law. Wow, that's cool. Because there's like a bunch of breweries in the arts district, like it's known for that. And how would yeah. you say it compares to like the the arts district brewing or or uh, the the other one? The the I mean the ones that I've gone to are the arts district. And mm -hmm. Angel City, or Angel City, I yeah, to that's regularly. the other. Two. Those are like the two main ones that are like within walking Angel City's distance definitely of each the other. King, I want to say. There's there's probably people who go regularly and they're like they have their little favorite one because there definitely are some little low key ones just hidden. Yeah, but Angel City, if if like you just want to go hang out with boys or something, it's it's there's always room. Mm -hmm. It's not hard to well, get a beer. It, there's not always. I don't know. Well, there's room to 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 hang out. You're not. You might not get the lounge. Well, this area, one's you know? the indie brewing company though, so only indie kids allowed, yeah. right? <laughs> All the indie Chicano kids, but yeah, the new boomers. It looks like they got really good business though, because uh, they they look like everyone's working and they're 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 making it through this. Yeah. All right, rating. I'm gonna give it a. I don't want to say five point five for Cinco de Mayo. It's more. It's better than that. Um, I'm gonna say. Seven point four. I'm giving it a seven one. Yeah, solid. It's a solid beer. How much was it again? Around 
seventeen dollars for four for four pints. So that makes it like four dollars per ish. It's very refreshing. Yeah, I'd recommend it. I want to try other ones though. I don't know if it's gonna be. They I, had a lot in their yeah. fridge. And for our next segment, we have two more special guests. It's our returning guest, Matt Gatos from Colombia, once again. Yo. And George Morataya, the very own tapeworm himself, a bassist. Uh, equ- <laughs> yeah, hi. <laughs> I think this is the first time in this decade that I've been on the podcast with George. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a great i think this is the the time like the first time like most people have been like we have one two three four five there's ramon missing yeah there's there's six people on right now oh, so it's a it's, it's a good roundtable discussion that okay. we've got going on and uh yeah i know i know ramon unfortunately i texted him he's a, a working man he works weird hours but anyway before we get into the KBO, was something more... Uh, I'm so passionate about the KBO. <laughs> was something that so Fruity, uh, brought to my attention uh, this week uh, about therapy dogs and that he is uh, working to in a program to get a certification to practice animal-assisted play therapy. Whoa. Not yet. Not yet. It's, a, it's in the works. Okay. It's in the works, but that reminds me. So, get this. So, there's this dog at 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 our house at where where I live with Caesar, and it's been a bad. He's been kind of a bad dog, right? Right. He jumps on people. He's kind of rude, right? Starts banging you. He bit my neck. It's crazy. (laughs) Yeah, it happened. He went straight for the windpipe. But but this week, I don't know why he like knocked on my door. And I let him in, and he slept on my bed. And and I was like, okay, Bowser, you can come in. And he slept with me, and it was he, we cuddled, and it was really nice. And all this week, I've been training him, as wow. and he's been sort of my therapy dog in a way in this crazy time. Wow. I, I think we all need a little bit of love, and Whoa, and dogs. Well, you got license to say that? You got a license for that dog? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. He turns around willy nilly, buddy. I know. Yeah. <laughs> he's my. Bro, don't forget to clean its paws, though. Apparently, dogs can can bring the virus into your house. I mean, he's <laughs> they already brought in fleas. I, oh I last night I was like itching like crazy. Um, I need to figure that out. Coronavirus Bro, if I wanted, uh, if I wanted uh, a hairy animal to fondle, you know, I, I, you can always just hit Freddy up. You don't need a therapy dog. You don't need a therapy dog. Yeah, Freddy, <clears throat> from your yeah. research. Are some breeds better than others as therapy dogs? The best breeds. Oh, they're uh, okay. He has info about this. To, to qualify as a therapy dog, you know, the, it's got to have basic obedience skills. It's got to have social social ability. And uh, the best one, so like I'll give you the top three off the top of my head is a lab, uh, Labrador retrievers, uh, golden retrievers. I mean, wow. have you ever seen a therapy dog? Nine out of ten times it's a retriever or a lab. Yeah, and German Shepherds are also really good. Poodles, small, small dogs too, like the Lazo Lapso. Small dogs, yeah, small dogs typically are more emotionally support dogs. But you know, if you want to do actual therapy dogs, where uh, you actually do therapeutic interventions with it, you need to have a bigger size dog. 
Like you've ever seen, you know, it's pretty prevalent when you look at veterans, like they have therapy dogs for veterans with PTSD. Oh yeah, you're right. Yo, like I've been thinking too, now that you guys talk about this, who are the therapy dogs for therapy dogs? Because I'm, I'm sure it's a stressful <laughs> job, you know? Yeah, like there are definitely people out there who would make a therapy dog need a therapy dog. I feel like I feel like there could be a therapy dog. Yeah, just another therapy dog, right? Just another, just a smaller therapy dog. Yeah, like therapy flea, therapy flea, probably a therapy flea, like a parasite. Yeah, just give it a flea that sucks out all the emotional baggage every night. Keeps the company just ready for another day of trauma. I think, you know, maybe that language barrier is what keeps them. They just become a sponge, but they just don't know what the fuck they're absorbing. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know how true this is, but apparently because we, like, evolved with dogs and, like, we helped each other's evolutions, apparently, even though dogs don't always understand what they're saying, like, we can, under, you know, train them to understand certain words, but apparently they can even, like, detect, like, our intentions. That's why, like, a dog doesn't get like mad at you if you step on it by accident because they, they can kind of tell when you're trying to hurt it or not because we evolved together i don't know how true that is but i read that, uh, that, would, yeah, that, that makes sense. sense man you think of the thousands of years we've evolved with each other i think we picked up i mean we as humans pick up on social cues what's stopping a dog that's been on our side for god knows how many years of our evolution yeah. we had so to choose idea. dogs though and they had to choose us because we also evolved with the rats <laughs> What? We don't have. Uh, do we have therapy rats? That's probably a thing too, right, Freddie? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I've seen like a guinea pig, uh, therapy you know guinea what, pig at, at my university. <laughs> yeah, a therapy animal is any animal animal that can be trained in basic obedience and therapeutic intervention. So, for, I mean, there's therapy horses, dude. But are dogs like you know, the ones that can get certified? Equine no. therapy. A majority of them, yes, because like you look at you look at them. It's most of the time it's dogs. I mean, they have equine therapy, which is with horses. And I mean, the, the, the idea behind that is like, you guys have ever been around a horse, like a horse can pick up when you're scared of it. Yep. So like, they'll act out on you. Like you don't fucking nail on a horse unless you're going to like, you know, be, it teaches you assertiveness. If the no horse knows you're scared of you, it's going to fucking buck you. It's not going to respect you as a rider. Can a horse it, detect if uh, you're horny? I'm sure they can, dude. <laughs> I mean, if it can detect <laughs> intention, then... <laughs> Probably, but I mean that's that's the whole purpose of it. It's like you're working with people with just really shitty issues of boundaries and being assertive for themselves. It's like you got to be assertive around this wild animal because you can pick up on it. I think George was gonna say something. Well, like cats, right? Doesn't he have a cat? No, no, no. I want to say that dogs, they know your body language, and that's what yeah. they figure out what you're saying. So yeah. you can yell nice things at it, but it's going to be scared of you. It, just, it doesn't know what you're saying, but it knows your tone of voice and your facial expressions oh. and all that type of stuff. I've seen that because, like, my dog, because right now I'm living with my family, my dog, like, anytime there's, like, even, like, a slightly animated conversation, my dog, like, immediately runs to my room because, like, my room is, like, the, the place where he goes for some reason when there's conflict. Oh. And there's times when there's, like, it like it, it's just literally just by the tone of voice like there's no argument there's no debate or anything and he just like comes running to my room because of exactly what george said it's just like the tone for some reason like scares him even though 
I wonder if it's a cultural thing, Gato, because like his Latinos are just loud and fucking general. We're, like, we're like, <laughs> race, you know, like fucking eight. loud. Yeah, <laughs> like I, <laughs> my voice also just like carries way more than I realize sometimes. So, and and I think like I'm talking, I think I'm talking in a normal like tone and i'm i'm just screaming and, and <laughs> my, dad, my dad just tells me he's like matt just take it easy you're you're talking really loud especially when it's stuff i'm passionate about like the kbo like dogs <laughs> um they they have exceptional smell too so it might not even just be like emotional intelligence or like body language like cause mm. there are definitely people that when they're like laughing and in a really good mood they pee themselves a little bit and so dogs with really I, good I do that sometimes smell, might be like, oh, my owners <laughs> peeing themselves a little bit. It's a good time tonight. You know, we're all hanging out. You know, so there are Freddy. physical cues as well. Watch out with the grajito, Freddy. <laughs> What's that one line in uh, Billy Madison? If peeing your pants is cool, then, <laughs> then call me. Uh, That's what uh, therapy so dogs think every so time you pee yourself a little bit. Guys, did, uh, did uh, Caesar do a, uh, a conspiracy theory? In this episode, that's oh, coming. That's, Actually, that's here we theory. go. I, because I, because I have one. Things. You have one. I have one that I yeah. It just, it just came to me right now. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, because you mentioned rats and it, like my, the gears just started turning. So <laughs> it was the, key, the piece of the puzzle that you were missing. Yeah, just but let's break it down. Let's, this, this is I think th- there's something to this. Okay, so after the Black Plague. If you think about it, think about all of the like human advancements for better or for worse that happened after the black plague, like, you know, the Renaissance, you know, just democratic revolutions, all this turmoil. Right. But also like a lot of advancement, like art, like popped off science, popped off religion, like took a whole different turn. Um, and, uh, so, so my thing is like, what if, pandemics like the black plague and coronavirus actually like are carrying genetic evolution genetic material to all of us to aid our our evolution as beings that's why like we have like advanced so much it's because you know like these pandemics are like helping us evolve like at a quicker pace they're supposed to wipe out the weak and leave the strong right and then the strong well not just that like what if because you know how they go directly you know a virus (laughs) goes directly into your dna little dna things in you that just teach creativity and like a power up like a power up yeah yeah it's like every time we get hit by a pandemic it's it's a power up (laughs) what's going to be the next power up of the decade I don't know, dude. You got a point, man. After Spanish, where we got antibiotics. I'm thinking the next one nuts. is. I think the next one is multiple nuts. <laughs> without without recharge time. <laughs> I think that's the next one. Like, uh, a shotgun with eight shells. <laughs> that could happen. The, the pump action kind of with eight shells. Oh my god! Straight from the hip. It is the. I mean, we look at is at all pandemics are kind of ex- accelerants in a way that yeah, yeah like course. decisions happen in the matter of hours that affect the the world for decades to come. So, but it could be maybe there are is something that's literally encoded in the virus that's not just a a, a virus. Maybe it's, it's aliens. It's aliens. aliens. We're going back to yeah, like viruses are so <laughs> no. tricky. Like I was, I was reading today about how France was crunching the numbers, and they noticed that 
the majority of the people in France that are getting sick with the coronavirus, only a very small percentage are heavy smokers. Mm. So they're looking into nicotine or just cigarettes in general to see what it, what it is about <laughs> cigarettes that is having some sort of like therapeutic benefit that is preventing the coronavirus from taking hold of the body. Just like all of Paris that just <laughs> doesn't have coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, they're studying that and, and it's... Is it because now all of Paris is like sold out of cigarettes or like they're just selling like crazy because <laughs> people are like, yeah, I should smoke now. It's yeah, I'm pretty sure really French people just made that up to, to feel good about <laughs> how much they smoke. <laughs> well, the one correlation currently is that the, one, of the ori- one of like the receptors where like the coronavirus binds to the cell mm. is also one of the places where nicotine binds. So that nicotine might be just in the way. That makes sense. I also you also have to be careful with the the whole correlation thing because that's the, that's the same thing they said about places with warm weather, and it really turns out that it was a coincidence. Yeah, maybe smokers just don't go out and just stay home. And yeah, maybe there's just yeah, who knows? They're just writing novels. <laughs> no, dude, making smokers art. have just been social distancing their whole life, dude. <laughs> be around because how they smell. I I disagree. I I'm not that I'm a cigarette smoker, but. There's a social aspect. There's a social aspect to smoking, you know. Yeah. Uh, speaking only, of, go, oh, ahead. go ahead, no, go Okay, ahead. so speaking of uh, worldly things, do you also see that the China's divorce rate is like spiking? Yeah, Freddie, this this might come in handy for you, uh, marriage and family therapy. <laughs> You're telling me Chinese <laughs> clients. I don't know. I mean, I'm Freddy's saying, I'm saying it's a trend. Right I'm saying it's a trend. I mean, since China's sort of, I mean, supposedly had the first Excuse really me, don't known. Don't go too far. <laughs> China had like the first known cases. And um, since then, the divorce rate has really spiked. Um, it's like some people are seeing like 25% increases wow, since wow. the lockdown. Um, and it's just been crazy amount uh, since then. So like, well, I mean, here's, the, here's the here's the short answer, Protus. You realize that the person you fucking married, you don't want to be with them. You realize <laughs> after being twenty four seven with them, you realize like what they actually are all the time. I think that kind of happens when you're close to anyone for like in close quarters or like that. You just you start you get the full picture of the person. It's not just it's not just uh, it's not just your like partner either it's also i think just in general people are noticing how shitty things are <laughs> because they're just not caught up in their in their personal lives so at, at least like they're trying to yeah, say carpe diem yeah yeah an unexpected outcome of this is maybe people will be more empathetic and uh you know after basically being desensitized by all the um all the all the just like what? over overload of maybe one th- one thing you think is like oh since we're in quarantine we need love more than ever we need <laughs> more reassurance but it's a thing of like if absence makes the heart grow fonder see but know, people yeah people on. think people think that um people think that empathy uh like it, as like a positive thing no you have to like be empathetic to also understand why you freaking hate people. You know, you, you, you also have to, it, it works both ways. It's, it's, it's like a neutral thing. Have you, have you noticed that really like people who are super in love are some of the most apathetic people 
like in that in that like honeymoon phase when a relationship is in that honeymoon phase like the rest of the world does not exist yep yeah actually being in love is like super like infatuating in love is like the most yeah, apathetic thing you can love, do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was i was also gonna say how it's it's interesting how like looking at it from the emotional and like the proximity of being with the person like you you yeah. see a lot more of them but but it's interesting too that looking at it from a financial perspective like for a lot of people marriage um it becomes more important once you have kids and stuff because it's it's like we can't really split up because we have two paychecks and we got like three kids and we got a it's house, true. you know, and, and the easy, uncertainty yeah. of things right now, you'd think a lot of people would say, you know what? I hate you and you hate me, but we got to make this work out because we got a couple kids. You lost your job. We got to keep paying this house. Um, you, you'd think a lot more people would s stick together right now just because of financial uncertainty. Actually, well, um, I've been speaking oh, to a lot of, ahead, really, in, yeah, in relation, it's kind of weird because I've been speaking to a lot of my coworkers and a bunch of teachers and they've been telling me like, I'm thinking of actually quitting right now because this is a perfect opportunity, you know, uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs. So why not jump on the bandwagon and get rid of my own job and <laughs> look for something later on in the future? You know what I mean? Yeah. So going out on your own terms. Going out on your own terms. You reek of privilege right now, right? <laughs> It's no, like, it's, I'm it's, not, it's not. I'm me. not being it's, laid off. I'm not being furloughed. I quit. Exactly. And so, <laughs> like, you realize you get none of the benefits of you. <laughs> well, the benefits is that um, you'll you're in the same boat as a lot of people. That's true. Right. That's true. And then you're gonna have an opportunity to to have an excuse, like, oh, you know, this happened. This is a horrible thing. So now I can look for a new job mm -hmm. where I can self actualize myself. And I think that parallels a lot what's happening with those relationships that are very horrible <laughs> the people are saying wow you know the coronavirus well because of this you know we yeah. we saw bad things going on in the relationship and saw, you know it was uh, time an exit door and now i'm gonna right. self-actualize myself so that i could have a better life carpe diem you know yolo and i've been that. trying to end this marriage for years and now you're like this is the perfect the coronavirus time. did it right it wasn't, it wasn't yeah, this, it, so what you're saying is everyone's just finding an escape clause through corona <laughs> for whatever it most nails them well, not everyone, but let me use oh, it as a scapegoat. Coronavirus. Yeah. I hate my fucking job. Coronavirus. <laughs> Literally, that's one of my coworkers said she quit, dude. And I was like, damn, girl. So I hope she's doing that's that. That's good. I hope people can reinvent themselves. That would be awesome. Or at least like align with what they should have been like pursuing from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So everyone's going to. Or, or that they couldn't because of life situation. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is a reset for a lot of people. But I also think, Willie, really, to your perspective, I think yeah. you're seeing a lot of teachers burn out because. Oh, in yeah, some way, like they, they have to, they're taking on a whole different role. That's kind of that indirect role given on them. Where like you're also a caretaker at school. Mm -hmm. It got amplified when they're having to do it from home, which is exactly. you lose that separation of like personal life and professional life. It's just like fuck. I really don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, great. I don't know, dude. In some ways, that's true, but in other ways, it's like it's probably easier. Because you're literally just talking to them through a screen and then you like hang up the call, you know? I mean, I, my, my cousin's a teacher and like she's stressed out as fuck, as fuck. I mean, well, you know what? The tough thing is not just teachers, but you know, like if teachers live with their family or live with a partner, like having that classroom environment in your home when you're not the one teaching, that really blows too. Oh, yeah. And for the, for the the percentage of teachers that truly care about the growth of their students and their development, 
this is probably very stressful because imagine like your favorite yeah. student that you actually like they were you they were about to apply to college and you really cared what they the were doing with the future in your class yeah and then and then you find out that like their their life is just going horribly like they didn't finish yeah. the because they didn't that's know what tough. the hell they were doing yeah that's tough i uh i have a question though about china if you get divorced in china does do you get like a reset on the child quota or is that like just like in general is that for all your oh marriages God. or is that for each marriage what's a good no, thing i heard it got canceled oh that got canceled completely yeah, it's non-existent anymore because well, okay. they have too many guys now not enough girls so they're just like yeah. fuck we fuck oh up. yeah 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 no they have like yeah i like girls apparently i heard i think you're right freddie because I, I think i read something about what time chinese girls are just like have so much power right now yeah <laughs> yeah there's that one documentary that came out uh about the one korean women no about chinese one child nation yeah one child nation Dude, chi mm. chinese women are probably the most empowered women in the world right now because they literally <laughs> they're fucking like dudes have to cater to them because there's there's like a limited supply they have well, all now it makes sense Korea, why china imports so much like north korean refugees at, for their prostitution like it, now i understand why they're doing that let me guys let me show you guys an example. That's not even a joke. That's completely serious. Yeah, in in Korea. Why are you laughing, Freddie? I'm, I'm, I have a black cynical humor about these things, dude. <laughs> Fucking makes me laugh. There was no delivery on that. I just said it. No. I'm laughing because I fucking I hooked up with a member of the Communist Party, dude. It makes all fucking sense to me now. <laughs> so. All right. Well, in Korea. <laughs> um, they're they're already facing this issue. Like I recently saw, like a little mini documentary from The Economist, mm. um, where uh, Korean women are are just straight up, like it's it's just a whole movement right now where they're saying screw marriage and kids. We want to become professionals and like Ooh. we don't. And and they're just like recognizing that a lot of like I guess Korean men are are all about you know the traditional roles in the family where there's the breadwinner and then you stay home. Um, that kind of already happened in Japan though, right? Well, the the interesting thing about Korea though is that. I don't know if Japan or China are doing this, or they might be doing because I think you mentioned something about it. But they're they're literally importing Vietnamese women through a yeah. paid government program, and these women are being taught how to cook Korean food. They're being taught how to speak Korean, and they're being wow. taught Korean culture because a lot of men aren't able to find women in Korea to marry. I that's interesting because I think one time we did talk about Japan. I can't remember, but I was we talked about how like their birth rates are so low. And Japan is going to have to import people, not just for, you know, babies, but like just for jobs. They're just yeah. not going to have, and in, in like 10 to 20 years, they're not going to have enough people for jobs. Even, even with how like digitalized everything is getting, how automated everything is getting, they're just not going to have enough people. So yeah, especially yeah. since Japan, like still does a lot of things on paper, which is really surprising. Age distribution is important, you know, like yeah, it is, you, yeah. you need to have a lot of young guys that have backs and spines that can still take the heavy labor of construction, you know? You can't have a super old guy that's already dying go work in the in the construction yard. I think that's the thing. I think like Japanese old guys have just been popping off for so long that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know japanese old guys just see bangers everything you say is just <laughs> the funniest thing today <laughs> i'm on a roll dude i'm overdosing on caffeine right now it's all because of korean baseball yeah on the yeah on the topic of asia i think it's a perfect time to talk about the worldwide sweeping phenomenon that's happening right now mm -hmm. it's 
the Korean baseball organization. It's the, it's the only live event that's going on right now, I think. Uh, oh, it's live uh, sports. It's not the only live. I think Taiwan also has their baseball. All right. Well, on ESPN, um. at least, ESPN is airing. <laughs> get, get your facts straight better, right? ESPN is airing uh, at ungodly hours every night yep. like, or six nights it's a week. 2 a.m. If you want to watch the NC Dinos, you got to be up till 2 a.m. Yeah. 2.30 is actually when the game starts. It's 4.30 for me, too, which is in Columbia time. Yeah, so, so we want to talk about that because we've all chosen our team, and we're all bitter rivals right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so George is still, there's, still undecided. but There's, there's 10 teams in the, in the, uh, the KBO. Gatos, you even uh, made a... Uh, a Twitter account for, for your team. The, it's the Doosan Bears, correct? Yeah, Doosan Bears. You can follow us at... Um, it, it's Cole Templer and I run the account. Uh, it's uh, at Doosan Bears Stan. Also, Militant Doosan. You can look, look up Militant Doosan Bears Stan. And, uh, and yeah, I just... Honestly, I chose the Bears because, one, they were... Um, they were founded by a brewery, which I thought was pretty dope before they got bought up by a, a conglomerate. And then, uh, and two, uh, it just seemed like everybody who was on baseball Twitter was going with like the twins. And there were so many LG twins memes. And I was like, oh my God, like somebody's got to step up to the plate. So somebody's got to represent the Doosan Bears. And so I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to unite the Doosan Bears community and uh, start a revolution. So, why is everyone going for the LG Twins? Uh, I think it's because this one uh, baseball personality. He's, he's from Barstool. He's, uh, he's like a Red Sox. He does like general baseball, but he's a Red Sox fan. Jared Carabas. He uh, motivated everybody to basically join the LG twins and like they just started creating like a shit ton of memes. Well, the crazy thing about that is that the, the bears and the twins share a stadium in Seoul. They do. They do. And I've been, I've been trying to shit on the LG twins saying that they're the Clippers of Seoul <laughs> because they haven't won any titles. They haven't won any titles and they share a stadium with the, are they, are they a the newer bears. team also? Uh, no, no, they're not. No, they're, they're so Actually, here's the first, first yeah. trivia question. Here we go. Gatos, you might already, might already know this, so answer last. Trivia question number one. What year was the KBO founded? 1983. Mm. 82? I think it's 82. George? Uh, I'll, I will say 85. That's my Drum answer. Drum roll, please. The correct answer, Nineteen eighty. Two. Yeah. So that was at that point though it was only two, three, four, five teams. So it now it's expanded. It's twice. It's doubled in size. Um, eighty-five, I think. Don't. It's pretty bad that I know this already off the top of my head. But eighty-five, I think, was the year that the Bears actually moved to Seoul because the LG Twins were the original soul team and then the bears moved to soul so there's like conflict about who's the real like team of soul who's the soul of soul yeah. and uh and yeah so 
What's the most popular team? I want to say it's one of either the Twins or, or the Bears, right? Because in, in Korea, in Korea, it's the Bears. All right. Korea's, Seoul yeah. is like the place, right? Well, like, Seoul's like the place, and the Bears have won a ton of championships. Here's the thing: I'm my my heart resides in Busan with the Lotte Giants, mm. and they're they're on the southern tip of of Korea, which whereas Seoul is right on you know northern South Korea near right. the border. Lotte, the Lotte Giants are like there's there's also one of the OG teams, and they have they were last last year. Yeah, they're they <laughs> they haven't been doing well in the past few years, but they're actually like historically one of the most uh, well attended teams. And uh, I mean, the, the, I'm a Giants fan. I'm an I'm an SF Giants fan, so I thought it was might as well go with the uh, Lotte Giants. As the Lotte well. Giants are basically like the Red Sox then before they won the seri- the World Series in 2004. So well, they're they're the whole world I'm an NC yeah. Dinos boy. NC Dinos boy. <laughs> Pretty horrible team. I think they were in the bottom last year, but currently they're undefeated. Yeah, they're two and zero. Well, the season just started, Caesar. So I'm like, it's not saying that. much. Great start. I, I think the Giants were last last year actually oh really yeah they, yeah they were pretty bad last year um here we go the the nc dinos uh their mascot is the buffest mascot <laughs> the fuck? espn is calling him the buff the swole daddy <laughs> it's just the a swole daddy buff dinosaur well, i've got some interesting things i don't know if how much you have on your list we haven't heard from george yet i know george yeah. is on the fence with with his teams i know you're you're trying to narrow it down um between a couple can you uh, shed some light on that george he's the unicorns no no okay the first is the dusan bears so i was looking go bears uh, some pictures of, of i guess the famous people who have done opening pitches and one of them was one of my favorite korean idols and the favorite girl group and Obviously, I'm kind of, you know, thinking about that. The second one is the SK Wyverns. And that one is because the same company owns the my favorite Korean League of Legends team. Ooh. The thing with all these Korean orgs is that they're everywhere. Like all these huge companies, they own teams in multiple different sports, multiple yeah. different areas. Yeah. That's cool. There's and- all, I think all but one team have a like a huge conglomerate in their name i think only the key womb heroes are not a corporation owned team yeah there's <laughs> you know, i was i was gonna go for them uh i don't i have no idea why i just kind of like their name i feel like it just sounded kind of lame the heroes um yeah but i ended up going with the dinos because they have a buff dinosaur yeah how, how'd you guys all come to your individual fan base like for me how did you guys just... start this hobby i'm so confused <clears throat> Because well, I'm desperate for I'm serotonin. Never even watch a game, <laughs> no, here, let, I'm let, serotonin deprived. With let me tell you, let me tell you, really, we're, I'm a sports fan. I mean, I, I, I like watching live sports. It's, it's not for everyone, but you know, just getting a little bit of draw, a little bit of sprinkles of of live sports, no matter where it is in the world, uh-huh. is like exciting. For, I mean. A lot of us in this uh, podcast right now are in a, a fantasy baseball league that has since been uh, postponed. Postponed indefinitely. Yeah. Definitely. So, like, we're just looking for something okay, to. Uh, cool. I got it. Gatos, question. Yeah. Off the top of your head, 
Sure. We're the top three baseball organizations worldwide. Top three baseball organizations worldwide. Um, how do you? How do you? But you mean not not like counting? Most, I mean, one way would be going like would be to go by like the World Baseball Series or whatever. Which top three countries compete competitively? Right. Right. So you're talking about basically everybody except except like MLB teams, right? Are you talking yeah. about like? Let me tell you this. I know Puerto Rico or no, the, the DR. The DR yeah. is really big. Be- Venezuela DR is very big. Venezuela's league yeah. was really big until a couple of years ago, where basically because of all the um, a lot of the the Venezuelan baseball teams are partially owned by the government, and with all the kind of uh, tumultuous times in Venezuela, uh, the baseball season has kind of struggled over there even though it's the most popular sport. You need but, it more than ever. Yeah, basically. But actually, a lot of Venezuelans, curiously, are turning to soccer because of this whole thing, um, even though they're, they've always been a base, completely a baseball country. So, Yeah. But I have no idea. Do you have the list? Do you have the answer? Or you just um, made that up on the fly? Yeah, well, I looked it up earlier today. Okay. I'm, I'm curious. From what I read... that like the United States was like completely uncompetitive in the world baseball series up until 2017 when the United States decided it cared about it. Yeah. Apparently like since it wasn't too lucrative because there wasn't too much American viewership, the baseball series wasn't really a thing in America because they're like, we're not going to make money on it. Why do we care about it? Were they sending amateur players? I'm not sure what they were doing, but in 2017 they said a lot, they sent a lot of the top dogs and, um, the United States just basically kicked ass and won the championship. But the outcome of it's that... It's like what happened with the Dream Team in the 90s in the NBA. It's, ex- it's almost the exact same thing. I just went from not caring to saying America's number one. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I think from the stats I was looking out of that were that it was the U.S., traditionally the Dominican Republic, and then it's between like Korea and Japan. Yeah, dude. Venezuela too. Venezuela is like a top dog, apparently. Korea, Korea actually pays their. I was looking at salaries. They pay their players pretty decently. Um, Japan has always been a really popular league. It's always been kind of the second league behind the MLB. But the thing about Korea is that Korea has been basically guaranteeing um, talented uh, players that the Korean league is a pathway back to the MLB and ex players have proven that because there's Eric Thames who had 40 home runs and 40 steals. He was the first player to ever do that in the Korean league. He then got signed by the Brewers after that. And now he's on the Nets, the current world series champions. And then last year's MVP, Josh Lindblom, um, who was on the Doosan Bears, he got signed to a multi-year, uh, multi-million contract with the Brewers. So, um, you know, there's... It's a pathway. It's a pathway. And I heard, like, one of the current foreign players who's playing at the... His wife, uh, the ESPN was interviewing her during the game. And she was like, it's actually really nice because since Korea... And this is one of the, the advantages Korea has during coronavirus is that all the teams travel by bus because literally you know korean cities are so close to each other the longest um trip to a, a an away game is four hours by bus and so she said 
even though you know the MLB is nice, the MLB is such a grind, not only for the player but on the family. That she said, we're really we were like before this whole coronavirus thing, we were enjoying it because it was almost kind of a break. We were spending a lot more time as a family together, and you know we assimilated a lot easier than we expected into yeah, Korean all the culture. Sightseeing—that's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. I think it's a really good option, and uh, this. Uh, this uh, American journalist, I'm forgetting his name, Tim Bergen, I think. Kirkjen? Bergen. Tim Bergen. He, um, uh, he was talking about how really the MLB and a lot of American executives are looking at this whole thing to see how much of a, of a market there is for international uh, baseball. And I, I think, honestly, I think there is a market for it because – one of the things that's held back baseball, in my opinion, has been just kind of how traditional it is. And, um, you know, international leagues are not afraid to innovate and do cool things with uh, fan interactions. Like one of the things that made Korea really famous even before this was the bat flips that they do, which is like sacrilege in the MLB. So it's you know, savage. I, it's savagery. It's savage. And I love it. And the p- pitchers don't get offended at all. So I think I think this could usher in um, at least a little bit more of a focus on international baseball, which I would love right. because Colombia's uh, local baseball league is starting to grow. So uh, I see. Okay, perfect segue into uh, trivia question number two. <laughs> so speaking of international versus MLB, mm. so there's. Obviously, a, a best of list who has the most hits and home runs. So I found there's a man. Uh, he's formerly retired or recently retired from the KBO, Lee Seung Yop, and he has the record for the most home runs in the KBO of all time. Retired in 2017. Who can guess how many home runs he he hit? Gators, we'll start with you since you're the expert. Uh, I haven't got that deep into it. That's a good one. How, wait, how old was he when he retired? I don't know how old he was, but he retired in 2017. Do you know when? Okay, do you know when his career started? Career? He, uh, let's just say he had a, a long career. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, 600 something. 650. We'll go with that. 650 home runs, George. What's your guess? Mm, I'm going to say 400. 400? Yeah. Freddie? I'm thinking Bonds had 450. Bonds? I'm just thinking thinking about Bonds. I'm I'm just thinking for comparison's sake. I'm not downplaying the Korean League, so I think they'd be near or on par with what would be a record in the MLB. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say four ten. Who did he play for? That's another trivia question mm. that we'll get to. Definitely the Dinos, but I'm gonna say two fifty. Dude, the Dinos are not even that old. The Dinos have only existed <laughs> for like, yeah. I don't know, less than ten years, I think. The, hey, stop trash talking. I, I have know? that stat actually. The Dinos, uh. Uh, where is it? Since prehistoric times. <laughs> the dinos have existed since the baseball. Mesozoic. No, they they've only been around since 2013. 
2013. Uh, so it can't be. Right. It can't be the Dinos. All right. Probably, Jurassic. Probably loaded Giants. And then, I guess. And then Willie. Yeah, so average baseball is 300 to 400. So it's like around 390 or something like that. 390. Wait, this is career, right? Yes. Like career home runs? Okay. Yeah. Career yeah, home so runs. One night. 390 going low. One night. <laughs> <laughs> Some runs in the single night. Every fucking bat, dude. Gatos <laughs> came out here with every 600. Bat. He was a high hitter? Home, most home runs. Most home runs. So then 400 something range. So like 410. All right. No, you, wait, got, I said 410. Yeah. Oh, you did? You guys Four, ready? 400, 400. You guys ready for the final answer? Yeah. 467 career home runs. Oh, wow, that is a lot. Yeah, that's that's a, I really, I really overstretched. That, <laughs> okay, but that's fine. I mean, the, the second most guy, wow. he is at 351. So he's he's got wow. by over 100. Wow. Um, what are what are good numbers? Okay, so here we go. Yeah. Here's here's the next one in the MLB. Uh, who's number one on the list? Who you guys oh. got? George, don't George, don't be looking up. George. Hank Aaron. I'm <laughs> um, some other shit. He's a League of Legends. I think it's oh. Hank Aaron. It's Barry Bonds. Bernie Mac. All right, how no, many? No, Barry Bonds is not total career leader, dude. He's not oh, even close. Oh, I didn't hear the question. What was it? Where how many? Barry Bonds. No, asterisks aside, steroids aside. <laughs> What's the question? Barry Bonds is most in a season. No, no. Is it career home runs or career what? home runs? Yeah. The most home runs in the MLB history. Barry Sarah Bonds. Jackie Rock. No. Barry Bonds is not even close, dude. Barry <laughs> Bonds is the home run. Yes, he is, dude. No, he's not. He's not even close. He's not. No, he's not. It's, not it's career. So the entire career home runs, right? I don't yes. think so, dude. Yes. <laughs> Barry Bonds. Uh. The city answer, Protus. All right. So you're. So. Freddie's saying Barry Bonds. Gatus is saying Hank Aaron. George, where, who are you saying? Babe Ruth. Bernie Mac. No, I have no fucking clue. Oh, really? my God. Yeah, yeah. damn it. All right. Caesar, <laughs> Willie. Bernie Mac. MLB? <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> I just looked okay. it up. Okay, that's cheating, Gatos? No, I already answered. Okay, okay, okay. That's fine. I looked it up after. That's okay. Whatever. The surprise <laughs> element's gone. All right, anyway, you just ruined it for everyone, Gatos. That's that's fine. <laughs> with seven hundred sixty-two wow. career Dang. home runs. Yeah. With maybe you can mark an asterisk because he used steroids. Def- hard so, asterisk. Hard asterisk. Barry Bonds is the number one <laughs> home <Yes>. run leader. <laughs> so. But Hankerin was before Barry Bonds, I think, right? That's true. Yeah, yes, Hank Aaron's that number two with seven fifty-five, and then Babe Ruth is still still third. What about Bernie Mac? Bernie <laughs> Mac, okay, the comedian. <laughs> you guys ever watch Mister Three Thousand? Oh my god, I forgot about that movie. Yeah, <laughs> I love that movie. It's one of my favorite right. movies. So now, here we go. Keep keeping this train rolling. Home run list rolling. So if Lee Young Yope with four hundred sixty-seven home runs. Mm-hmm. Had that many home runs in the MLB, where would he be on the list of of top home runs in in the the top? Where where would he be? So, how many so, did Mark McGuire have? Mark <laughs> McGuire was up there. He was, I think, in the six or seven hundreds. He was up there. Yeah, Mark McGuire is, is definitely. I up think there. Mark McGuire's top ten. 
I don't even think, yeah, this guy wouldn't even be top 10. Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say he's, I'm going to say 21st. I'm going to go 16th. Freddy, 21. 31. Gatos. Gatos says 16. Yeah. No, no, it's probably higher than that. Caesar says 31. Willie? Around like the the 20th. Wait, how much? How many does he have again? Four sixty-seven. Oh. Mm. He's got more than Manny, I think. George, while while Gatus is thinking, what's your guess? All right, I'm gonna go with twenty-five. I changed right. my answer. Gatus is mm-hmm. You only get one of those, Gatus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can I say top forty? You have to say a single number. You can't say. Top 38. <laughs> 38. Alright. Final answer. He would be number 34 Whoa. on the wow. list. Yeah. Wow. Close. Yes. Who is he right above? Here we go. That's another... Uh, you know I got oh those stats God. on deck, Freddie. Here we go. <laughs> I'm impressed, bro. So, with, with 468 home runs, this Atlanta Braves hitter is number thirty six on? Oh, our, fuck. I guess he's he's technically thirty fifth because Lee Seung Yup never played in the MLB <laughs> KBO. So, so what, what you guys think? I, no <laughs> I went deep in this, guys. Dude, what's I'm his a, last name? Chipper. He fucking played for the Braves. Chipper. Um, Mayhew. Freddie, I'm going to give you that one. It's Chipper Jones. You're correct. Chipper Jones. <laughs> oh, shit. I fucking knew it. Chipper Jones, yeah. With the bar 68, Chipper Jones. I couldn't remember uh, his name. Fuck. All right. Um, but here's, here's, here's just some, some more interesting facts uh, about Lee Seung Yope if he played in the MLB. He'd have more home runs than Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza. He'd have more home runs than Jose Canseco. He'd have more home runs than Adam Dunn. And more home runs than Vladimir Guerrero. So put how many that did Manny team. have? Do you have it there? I know. Well, this begs the question, how many would all these people have if they played in the KBO? <laughs> Probably a lot more. Actually, it, that's been a problem with the KBO. So they had to change the ball because they were hitting too many home runs. And apparently like Korean baseball, from what I heard, like really, they really value pitching and pitching strategy. So they were like, this is too much. This is getting out of hand. They changed the ball a couple years ago. Looks like it worked, but so far in the first two games, every single team has gotten, um, has scored at least a run. So, Oh, Which didn't happen last a run year. Or a home run. Uh, like um just no They've got it on the board. Yeah, they've no got shutout. it on the board. Okay. I think every single game every team has, I think. What, what, like what's the average ERA in the Korean league compared to baseball? It's it's pretty close to MLB actually. It's like four point something. Yeah. Hey, when coronavirus is over, let's go uh let's go see the Bears play. Dude, I'm super <laughs> down. So I wanna see one of those first pitches, man. <laughs> they wouldn't let us in. Dude, <laughs> who the hell are these guys? Currently, yeah, there's no stand. Okay, here we go. I got the stat. 
Manny Ramirez is 15th on the home run list with 555 home runs. Oh, wow, I thought he was in 400s. I forgot how much Manny had. Yeah, yeah. Manny's yeah. beast. I mean, the, when he was with the, the Red Sox, him and, and David Big Poppy, oh they were just, like a one-two punch. They were incredible. Yeah. I guess I, I keep on forgetting that he also had that stint in the Dodgers that probably helped him yeah. push yeah. up his, his numbers. Dude, I so. for a grand slam. That was like that's crazy. Grand slam for him. I still have the. I still have the ticket. I remember. I remember that actually watching that on TV. All right, final <laughs> trivia question mm. with KBO: What team did Lee Seung Yope play for? The Ooh. the home run leader. I'm gonna say the I think it's Lotte Giants. That's my guess. I'm gonna say the Heroes. So I'm going to give you the list. There's the Doosan Bears, there's the Hanwha Eagles, there's the Kia Tigers, there's the Kiwoom Heroes, there's the KT Wiz, there's the LG Twins, Lotte Giants, NC Dinos, Samsung Lions, or SK Wyverns, Weaverns. So there's 10 teams. You got a 1 in 10 chance. Who says Heroes? George? Bears. Tigers? No, Giants. Uh, Wyverns. The what? The Vipers? The Vipers. The, okay. It's K Vipers. Yeah. Dinos for the last half of his career. <laughs> Correct answer. The Samsung Lions. Wow. All of us got yeah, that wrong. Uh, the Try. Samsung Lions are based in Daeju. At the Daeju Samsung Lions Park. Is he a franchise player for them or did he jump around? Uh, he was for the majority of his career at the Lions, and that's one of the OG teams. I think he started in the '80s or '90s, and he finally retired a few years ago. Yeah. So I hope I hope the listeners learned a little bit more about the 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 KBO here because uh, it's some pretty interesting things. Um, it's pretty entertaining to watch, even without fans. Okay, here we go. I will say though. Like, not going to lie, I'm kind of a night owl, and I, I, I stayed up, and I, I, ch- I checked out the, the KBO live stream on ESPN. What? No way. I, yeah. I was up at, at 2 a.m. So, I will say, though, Carl Ravitch and what's the other guy's name? Who Eduardo Perez. Eduardo Perez. Yeah, Perez. They're, they're great for MLB, but honestly, I'd rather listen to Korean – like Korean announcers, Korean yeah, I you know honestly <laughs> because they have an enthusiasm. Like, yeah, honestly, I'd rather listen to them because they're so like maybe they're sleep deprived or something. They're there's, just there's like, gotta be a, there's gotta be a red stream for the KBO. There, no, the KBO has its own Twitch official Twitch stream. So if your really? team is playing not on ESPN, you can watch them in Korean. There we go. I didn't know that. I was watching the YouTube highlights of Yeah, um, so Protus, you can I'm that's how I'm gonna watch the Bears at four thirty <laughs> uh Columbia time. So I did the Protus, I did the same thing uh with the stream. I, I watched it, I watched the ESPN uh um transmission and like it gets really annoying after a while when all they talk about is how different the world is right now or they're in an interview <laughs> you know i wish you're talking about like, the gamblers. yeah they're not like i'm talking about for three straight innings they did not talk about the game for a single moment and that that kind of like is annoying after a while are so. these games as long as you know your general mlb yep, games nine pretty quick. yep 
That's that's pretty cool. innings though, but like the 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 pace is quick. So is it like three four hours? Yeah, well, maybe was, less, a little less. Because that's pretty cool for Gatos in Columbia time. Because because yeah. I'd be I it'd be nice, you know, to get up at six in the morning, get my day started. Just you know, you're watching a couple like the last innings, just seeing how your team is doing. Dude, getting up, I felt dead inside. But once, <laughs> like I I wanted to kill myself. But then um, when I started watching it, it like immediately woke me up. And then I had like, you know, nice breakfast. I was watching baseball. Then I got like all my work done for the radio program out of the way. And then I slept a little bit in the morning and it was, I was like, I'm definitely going to do that again. Yeah, like 4.30 is definitely really nice. not a reasonable hour, but it's more reasonable than 2 a.m. here, you know? Yeah, that's true. And, and uh, you know what? It was nice to see the sunrise and watch baseball. That's, that's a good point. I love this. I love waking up for sunrises. I want to say Colombian sunrise is, is a drink. <laughs> just sounds like a bit sunrise or like nice some cocktail. i don't know sounds like a sex position yeah i was about to say some <laughs> sexual technique um well, i have i have a i have a question i have a trivia question for protus uh-oh okay you can't for look everyone, this up for everyone right for everyone for everyone for everyone how do you, you say ba- how, how do you say baseball in korean <sighs> okay mm. yangguk <laughs> I forgot. It's something like young. Something. I wish I knew, uh, but I don't. Yeah, I knew it. I forgot it. And I would yeah. just say like baseball, but that's I know that's not right. No, Cesar's close. It's Yagu. There we go. There Yagu. Go. Oh, I was so close. Yahoo! I said. Yahoo! Yahoo! <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> but but back to uh, okay. Another thing of of Korean watching Korean like the Korean live the Korean subtitles versus. The, the American announcers, I feel like that's a similar thing with, like, you guys ever watch, like, the dub versus the sub of anime? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Sub is so much better. <laughs> so you'd rather Die hard sub. Sometimes I make my own dub. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hear the Willy dub of, like... Oh, no, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, no, yeah, that was surprisingly good, Willy. Rousey? That was oddly arousing. Willie Martinez is the voice of Dio on JoJo. Oh my god. That would be incredible. (laughs) It was I. It was I, Willie. George, I know you're a a big fan of of Korea. Um, What's one thing for for the... If if someone's never even heard of the KBO or anything about Korea, what's one thing they they have to learn right now or, or be aware of? Hmm. <laughs> what kind of questions? Um, <laughs> no, dude. Um, What's the one thing on your list that's that's the <laughs> that's the that's the, the the pride of Korea right now? What's the pride of Korea right now? Well, what's the one thing on your BTS. list? Yes. No, um, the pride of Korea. She's a soloist. What's her name? IU. Mm. How do you spell that? The I and you. Oh, I, so I you? <laughs> yeah. It's very deep. Oh my gosh. Um the the Pride of Korea is actually the just ginormous wealth gap. <laughs> no Inequality issues. That's the that's the Pride of Korea. <laughs> that's what Parasite is all about. Exactly. Really? Wait, so who's IU? She's a solo artist. She made on Twitch. Songs. 
She's just a, a music. Okay, musician. Yeah. I I've never heard of her. I don't know if anyone's ever is heard that. Stuff. George, yeah, is that rare to be a solo artist? Because I no. I'm not really knowledgeable. No, it's not rare. rare. Many. Okay. Jay Dragon. There's who else? Like anytime she makes something, it's number one on the charts. Wow. For a long time. Why why don't the why don't the kind of individual artists like get as popular outside of Korea as the groups? It's because all the I mean all the fucking weaves, right? <laughs> they watch the groups, but the, the Korea booth. So is yeah. that like top of the charts in Korea or top of the charts like in the US? On well, Korea. Oh, okay. But yeah, like, like BTS is making it in, like oh, in the charts know. in the US. Yeah. Yeah, but most people don't bother to venture outside of the groups so they don't really look into more diverse music <laughs> amateurs <laughs> yeah i mean it, it, it's a uh, it's pretty nice i mean they, they have a a bunch of variety in their music a bunch of different styles in the in the group music and the soloists there are really good vocalists too um i wouldn't be sure who to compare them to exactly but whatever English artists have the best vocals. I would compare them to that. Mariah Carey, maybe? Sure. Yeah. Something with universal appeal, you know, like something your parents would like too. And they're like, yeah, this shit's classic. Mm. Our parents huh. would like K pop, bro. Smokey Robinson? Hey, Smokey Robinson. Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Michael Jackson? <laughs> Paul McCartney? Yeah, maybe. what's our, our Korean correspondent, George? What's up with Psy? What's up with Gangnam Style? Is he gone forever? No. no, he has his own label. He started oh. his record label. He went for the money. He said, wow. more of a fan of I Got It From My Daddy. I like that song better. Is that by him also? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's I, the I, other I, really I, popular I, song he had. Actually, the voice. Um, I think so. Was it? I think he was like on American. I'm, I'm not. I'm a liar. Whatever. I'm he saying. was on The Voice? He was, he was on some American media. He was like invited to the or something, but. This dude okay. took over the world and then just dipped. Yeah, he did. Honestly, that's the way to do it. Because if you 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 like bask too much in the in the fame, you end up uh, developing a cocaine habit, <laughs> and then like you leave your wife, and then your life collapses. You really think that Sai wasn't on cocaine already in that Gangnam Style <laughs> video? Come he on, was. He, you know what, Gatos? He was a little too thick. If you have a hardcore cocaine habit, you're definitely yeah. You get you get pretty sick. You got pretty thick. He was probably on coke. I mean, he was famous before that video. It just so happened that it blew up outside of Korea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But Sai, like from what I understand, like even though he does pop music, his his the content of his songs are like really satirical. Is that true? Well, speaking about the whole wealth gap in Korea, from from what I've heard, the Gangnam Style is is basically like kind of if we were to sit, make a song in the U.S. that's called like Beverly Hill Style, like Gangnam is supposed to be yeah. like super rich side of Korea. It's like making fun of them, isn't it? That's I think what I heard, right? I don't yeah. know, but I mean, that's like it kind of just shows that you know they they definitely know who the rich people are and who who isn't, you know. So basically, Gangnam Style is like Beverly Hills by Weezer, is what you're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> Beverly Hills. Okay, I don't know. Beverly Hills. Of like Hollywood Hills is more the rich. Beverly Hills is like not. As yeah, that's true. Beverly Hills people are broke. Yeah, seriously. Oh shit! like you can move into Beverly Hills next week, bro. Dude, Beverly Hills. <laughs> Beverly Hills rent is not as expensive as you would think. Honestly, as long as like you can pull up a tent, I can live in Beverly Hills any week. <laughs> 
you can live anywhere in LA if you really want to. You just need you know a what? tent. Like, that's actually not true because in South LA, you could pull up a tent, just sleep, and like the cops won't tell you anything. If you pull up in a wealthy neighborhood, they'll, they'll all call the cops on you. Yeah, that's true, dude. But look at Marino del Rey. Like that's it's true. just it's like pure like college students and wealthy divorcees, and there's still super, a lot of homeless people. You just there's, there has to be enough of you. Yeah, exactly. You have to be a pioneer. It has you know? to be a movement, yeah. <laughs> you got to get ahead of the curve. Pioneers in industry. You're just gonna, uh, that a whole issue you. going on right now between AMC Theaters yeah. and NBC Universal Media. Perfect segue into Tape Rooms Movie Club. Let's get into that. Is so, Trolls World Tour the most important movie in the last hundred years of, of cinema that's well, the that's, question that's, that's the most interesting question you know that's that's what nbc universal media asked themselves as a business i like how you wait hold on i like how you say the full nbc universal media like nbc incorporated you missed incorporated i'm trying to approach this like like if i'm writing an essay i gotta say the whole name a couple times and then i can just switch to the to the right to the shorter name mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, you know, when you're when you're in business, let's say you get us, you know, you, whenever you want to pitch a new segment for your radio show, do you have a lot of pushback when it's a new segment because you already know the good stuff? I mean, I kind of just I kind of help decide the content for my. Okay, let's let's first. probably wait. Has anyone watched any of the trolls movies? Yes, the first one. No, I, didn't even know I have movies. Okay, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen any of them, but it's, oh, okay. it's getting Did they traction. have movies before the the new one? Yes, World yeah. Tour is, is one. Yeah, in this is the second the one. The sec- the no, sequel. but I'm talking about like, like in the 80s and the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of no. like the troll dolls. Well, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, did they reach into like media or was it just a doll at first? <laughs> it was a doll and then they made it into a cartoon show, but they didn't. It didn't oh, so there was so a cartoon great. back then? Yeah, movie? I feel like there was a cartoon and video. Oh, you guys didn't see the limited series on HBO? The trolls. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, <laughs> So then it was reimagined into like this cool hip hop troll thing, and then everyone liked it. So um, how was the first one? As Willie's as, like, I like it. <laughs> I mean, I did like it, but it's more so because I've seen it like hundreds of times already in the classroom. <laughs> why? Just repeated. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's actually a perfect example of why it's popular. Yeah. Um, from what I was reading while doing my research, apparently a lot of families are just there. There's people who said they've seen this at least eight times. Yep. And every time you stream this, because it's on on platforms, not like Netflix, it's on platforms where you have to pay per stream. On VOD, VOD. um, You you have to pay around $20 per per stream. Yeah, royalties. Um, Like like you would would go into a movie theater, right? Yeah, yeah, like a movie theater. So so this this thing was a hit. It's, It's the greatest digital release ever recorded. Yeah. And so that's causing the whole issue between Universal and AMC theaters because prior to this, AMC, uh, Universal has told AMC, like, yo, we're trying to, like, you know, mess around with this whole digital release thing, see how it goes. And AMC has taken a stand saying, no, you're not going to do that. We're, like, our business is too tied with, with your productions. And- yeah, this is, this is really a... This is really a symptom of an issue that pretty like goes way before coronavirus. The coronavirus has just kind of like accelerated this process yeah. um, of basically theaters getting cut out. And I think actually the thing is, is that before this, there was a report that AMC was thinking about this. 
Mm-hmm. And I think in them being so combative and aggressive, they actually shot themselves in the foot because um, really theaters, um, on, on one end, two theaters were super content to just jack up prices for customers. Um, you know, they, because they basically theaters were run on the presumption that movies are always going to need theaters to play them. And so they would be true, which is obviously not really true anymore. It's the same thing with airlines, like airlines. The reason why airline tickets are so expensive is because airline travel is basically always needed. Right. And they're mini monopolies. That's why a lot of airline companies, you know, will merge. It was the same thing with theaters. They're like, studios will always need us. Customers will always need to come to us to get their movies first. We can put basically the prices that we want to. So that's supposed to be the the tricky thing about this, because like, like you're saying, like these theaters, like AMC and Universal, like Universal has been saying they're going to do this for the longest saying we're going to toy with a digital release. Well, the thing is they do it side by side. So you can do you can go to theater or you can just rent it from home, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That's what they want to do moving forward. After yeah, but like universe. anytime Universal would say, we're going to try this, AMC, like literally when, when Universal did this whole Trolls thing and they had a great success, AMC issued a statement saying, henceforth, we will not be booking any movies in our theaters in the US, Europe, and even in Saudi Arabia made by Universal Productions. Yeah. And so and it's, it's crazy how like AMC, you know, you, you think they're like very outdated, like the business model. And they're still able like, to manipulate Universal because Universal is starting to pull back on saying they're going to do more digital things after AMC statement. They're going to pull back to, I think, maybe safe face because it, in the short term, they still do need theaters a little bit. But I'm telling you, like, AMC by doing this is long-term screwing themselves because really, eventually it's going to be theaters that will need the studios, not studios needing the theaters because yeah. the success of the key thing about the success of the trolls thing is that all that money goes directly to universal. Well, yeah, that's, that's the, I think from what I was reading, when, when you have your movie in a movie theater, you earn around, if you negotiate well, you keep 50% of your money. Yeah. Imagine they got all of it. Yeah. With a streaming service, you keep 80%. And when yeah. you're talking about a huge production where you're dealing with millions of dollars, you know, that extra 30% is, it's huge. And think about it. One subscription costs the same as a, a movie ticket, sometimes even less. Well, it costs the same as a cheap movie ticket. This, this leads to the question, I think all of us can have our own answer. Of, if you can only have one choice to watch movies, whether whether it's either in the theater or on your phone at home, which one would you choose? And it has to be on our phone or can it be like, it could be at home. (laughs) I mean, think of it. I mean, on our phone, on our TV at home, just any device at home, any device at home. No, take out the theaters. If theaters theaters were uh, just in the future, just completely eradicated. That's that, that's a future, but just think of it. Which one would you choose? We'll start with we'll start with Willie since he seems to be the most uh, pensive. I was also thinking of drive-in movie theaters. I really that wish those made a comeback. They actually Dude, have. I been. think I think they will make a comeback, Willie. I really think they will. That would be perfect because I like the having my own space in yeah. a movie theater. You're packed with a lot of people, but I'm sure that yeah, because of the coronavirus, that's totally going to be 
wanted to. Holy crap. People that's are going to be a great. Yeah. Well, that's already a thing, actually. Uh, okay. Driving movie theaters are, are, but, but like, are there's like an right uptick. Now, like, I wonder how like driving movie theaters were affected by coronavirus because people can show up and be. There's an uptick. Distant. There's an uptick. They're socially oh, cool. distant. That's there's an uptick. And when you look at it, driving theaters, this already happened before with the Hong Kong flu in the States. Oh. Um, drive-in uh, drive-in it wasn't as bad as the coronavirus but it was still pretty bad it just has like a less less fatal mortality yeah, rate. as long as it has an <laughs> effect on like people's psyche it's gonna yeah. affect on people it was an uptick in drive-in yeah. theater so yeah but definitely drive-in first I do like going to a specific place to watch a movie theater because it's like going out and it's a, a it's a social event. It's an event. Exactly. It's an event yeah. So I would pick that one and then you choose last, the movie theater, yeah, right? Last. Okay. Okay. Fine answer. Okay. Caesar. I'm saying if I had to choose, I would probably choose on demand just Ooh. because I like the vibe of theaters, but I feel like there's times when I want to watch a movie and I don't want to go out and I could just set up my own little movie theater event at home, you know, okay. set up the whole vibe. Yeah. That's just me though. Gatos, I'm pretty. I'm pretty split. Um, I think as like somebody who, I guess like as a consumer, I would maybe pick theaters because even though there's a lot of annoying things about theaters, I think I think one of the cool things about theaters is that you don't have control, you know, and so you can't, for example, just pause. And, the movie you can't you know get distracted by something else you're just kind of in the zone you actually away from distraction you're actually experiencing it because really like consuming i think most video format unlike you know reading a book is for the most part a pretty uh kind of passive experience yeah. because it's showing you things so by you know watching in a theater that's kind of like my preferred way to watch it because you're just kind of forced to watch it you know, so it, it actually makes it, it makes it a little bit more of an active process. At the Very same good time, point. as somebody who wants to, you know, break in into that, um, I think on demand is like the best thing for content creators. For consumers, I think it's still up in the air. But for content creators, it's going to become like the wild west of content creation, basically. So on that well, end, I'm going to say it already is. It already is, but it's even going to be crazier. Right. Yeah. George, stand stand a, th- a theater versus uh, your your uh, iTunes or even a free subscription to a certain uh, free website. <laughs> Where which one did you choose? Um, I would choose honestly if I if I'm gonna be passionate about it, I'd rather choose a home theater because uh, I already don't really like going out to. <laughs> Like where there's a lot of people, you know, I don't like being crowded areas. Not really that social. So staying in and and being able to enjoy the same quality that you would find in the theater would be the perfect compromise for me. I I do enjoy the whole experience of of going to the movie theater. It's it's still pretty cool. It's I think it's a tradition that you know it's kind of hard to replace, but. Right, right. Mm-hmm. It's a pastime. It's a national, national pastime, worldly pastime. Yeah, it's a universal thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah being able to bring that to, to the home, I think for me, would be the perfect compromise. Mm. And some would say, like, yeah, uh, there, if, if, say, uh, there, there was a world with no theaters, there would definitely be a, 
uh, a rise in at home like we all have our own little theaters and maybe we invite people over to have our own like viewing party yeah where, where you know you know we see like oh yeah let's come over have our We're game of thrones anyway yeah. yeah yeah still want that <laughs> yeah there's a lot you can do and honestly projectors are really dope too we, so from, I like using from what matt was saying like I, I really agree about how like amc and just theaters in general are just it's it's just a struggling business at this point with like on-demand streaming I think what like we're gonna have to do in the future is like either LA County or like the federal government is gonna have to like subsidize theaters as like an American tradition or something <laughs> because there there's no way they're gonna be able to compete and if we want to keep them around we're gonna have to do some sort of subsidizing because yeah to survive in this new environment right huh that'd be crazy yeah how would that work I have no idea. Well, they're already making it more attractive, like, you know, dining oh, theaters. Yeah, like library, I guess. Like, libraries, realistically, right now, no one really should pay for books as much as we consume digital text. Yeah. And libraries are subsidized, you know, by the... That's library. true. Maybe, That's like, true. Local little movie theaters. Oh, that, that could happen. Maybe. That could happen, honestly. Oh, I honestly think that could... In 2020. <laughs> there used to be, I think, even, like, private libraries before, right? Yeah. Like, a long time ago. You'd go, you'd pay to read. Right. Last but not least, Freddie... What's your stance on this? Movie theater or, or video on demand? Until I get my own home theater set up, I just, it's just the experience you have of being in the theater. You're, like Gato said, as a consumer, you're kind of really locked in and actually consuming what you paid for. As opposed to, like, if you're watching from home, at least for me, like, I got undiagnosed ADD, so, like, I'm on my <laughs> phone trying to watch something. It's just, yeah, I, I just tough sometimes. As soon as there's a central scene, you gotta take five minutes for yourself. And <laughs> <laughs> five minutes? Do that in the theater. <laughs> you can't do that in the theater. <laughs> give me, give me forty-five seconds. Wait a second. <laughs> give me forty-five seconds. <laughs> I know five minutes was too generous. <laughs> You just need a sweater or something. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, continue, Freddie. Uh, but yeah, it's just I don't know. The, the whole concept of the theater just minimizes distractions for me. So until then, like I'm gonna be going to theaters and it's just me sitting in a, sitting in there by myself. Maybe George can come along. We can you can have one part of the theater and I can have the other. Forty five seconds. Freddie can just five bump chump in the corner. <laughs> we could have hold through the popcorn. Watching dude, popcorn rolls and making out in the back seats. <laughs> I gotta say, theater popcorn is special. That yeah, is true. It, it, oh, yeah. It's, it's uh, like none other. It's it's part of movie watching or theater theater going for me. And honestly, honestly, like one of the best experiences I've ever had in my whole life was taking an edible and going to see the Meg, you know, and you can't replicate that at home. Exactly. You can't replicate that at home. Like the big screen there. The, yeah. The, they're I, just walking, getting the ticket, just the guy yeah. like, uh, pulling the ticket, ripping oh, it in half. And then the audience commenting. Like, for example, <laughs> oh, I hate that. I that's love that. That's something really? I could do without. No way. <laughs> it, it, it depends. It depends. You watch the movie. Like, some of the people there are so passionate. For example, I was watching a movie and then a girl in the background, oh, hell no. Nah. And I'm like, hell <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends. Comedy of the movie. <laughs> I love I like that. Th I like it too. It's, oh, a communal, yeah. it's a communal experience. I, I like commentary. I don't like people who, like, one thing is commentary, and I'm I'm totally cool with commentary as, as long as it's not excessive. But like, there are people who are just just 
terrible human beings. You know, <laughs> this sense, not- when you when you go to a baseball game, do you not have fun heckling the opposing team? Like I remember, yeah. who was the outfit for the Reds like five years ago? I was fucking yelling at him the entire game. So I got asked to leave. I started heckling the guy just all fucking game. It's part of the experience. Yeah, the but if you, it's, it's, not, it's not the same at all, Freddie, because the whole the the whole illusion that makes being a fan of sports attractive is that you it tricks you into thinking you can impact the result. It makes me like, well, yelling so, at the girl to tell her the kill is behind her makes me so believe. If it. I miss if I miss one play in the second inning, that doesn't mean I won't understand what happens in the ninth inning. It's it's in a movie it's like that. You miss Freddy, one line of dialogue and the whole thing's fucked. Freddie, your whole reason for wanting to keep movie theaters alive was that you wanted to be engulfed and consume the media. And now you want some lady sitting behind yeah. you to be yelling in your ear. Uh, part, like, no, but part of that, I love a crowded theater. Like, I yes. watched the movie, uh, uh, what was it called? The, the Jordan Peele one. Uh, Get Out. Uh, Get Out. Yeah. I watched Get Out in a crowded theater. Man, I got to say, that was one of my favorite movie movie experience. Just, just... The communal experience of people yeah. like being scared together, mm-hmm. being like yelling at the theater. I mean, sort of there's these boundaries of like, come on, don't be talking, don't be on your phone. But like in general, I like, like that. Dude, the Marvel yeah. theaters, dude, the Mar- all the Marvel movies when they come out. But I had a terrible, um, what was the last one? Endgame experience. Oh my God, it was so bad. But the all-time most awkward theater experience I've ever had was watching Django Unchained in North Carolina with a theater full of white people. <laughs> that was the most uncomfortable theater experience I've ever heard in my, in my life. Because like, I think there was like maybe like one like black family in the theater and they were laughing like the whole movie and the white people were just like super, super tense. Should we laugh like, or not? Yeah, they're like, we sh- should we laugh or not? And I'm sure some of them probably just didn't even find it funny. It, it was it was such an awkward vibe. I, my dad and I, we were enjoying it, but like, uh, it was so uncomfortable. I don't know, dude. I had a great time when I went to go see Bad Boys in the Crenshaw Mall. That's kind of what I just <laughs> oh, there, yes. There's literally, I've, I've literally seen memes about the Crenshaw Mall. I love the Crenshaw Mall. You cannot hear the, the goddamn movie. <laughs> and that's like facts. You go to that movie theater and you watch a comedy. A comedy is different, I guess. You watch a scary movie where you're supposed to pay attention. People are going to be yelling. There's gonna, they're literally, you will see puffs of smoke. I will say because people yep. are sparking up blunts. That's true. When Straight Outta Compton got out, oh, dang, yeah. that was oh, the most. I don't, I don't care. Look, that was awesome. We need to fun ratchet theaters, man. That's what we need to fund. Yo, throwback to old Delamo when Delamo oh, was dude. still really shitty. Do you remember? When Delamo that? was still ratchet as shit. I when I moved to LA, Delamo was still ratchet, and then I that saw the whole process. Shit, dude. Yeah, that's super bougie. Saw the transformation. Have you guys heard of the Rocky Horror Picture Show? Yeah, yeah, that's a communal experience. Yeah, that shit was crazy. I didn't. They took me to that shit. I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> I wonder what they're if they're doing Zoom parties on that now. Or the room. The room is another is one. With I've always heard of the Rocky Horror, but I've never actually. Seen like a musical. musical. I've musical, never seen very, it. Very. Uh, progressive there's like drag going on it's very you know like, so what people do is they have it's like showings Halloween of it. things mm-hmm. they have showings of it and people go dressed and they get up on stage and act the movie as the movie's going on the, the crowd act yes yeah. and everyone sings it and dances it uh, yeah i don't it's like crazy that. Yeah. i wouldn't like to interact but you don't have to yeah you, you don't, don't have, have you could sit and just watch them all yeah <laughs> 
That's what I did. I'm going to do a reaction. <laughs> well, can we all agree that we all miss going to movie theaters? Yeah, let's go to yeah, watch, nice let's go watch um, something when it comes out. Let's go watch you know what I? You know what I miss? That's actually one of the first things I want to do for sure. But you know what I miss even World's more World's than World's movie World's theaters, guys? World's World's what do you miss, Gatos? All of you guys. Aww. Aww. What do you do? I You're miss a whole you, Gatos. Yeah, I would have been in L.A. last month if it wasn't for COVID. I would have been visiting you right now in May. You guys would have been here right now. Yeah, we you guys would have won? Yeah, we were playing that. Protus and, and Sessa were planning on it, right? Yeah, yeah. that was our Colombian The tour. ticket was like $60. The I, I literally, I literally, as long as that place doesn't shut down because of this, can get us like a gig at a bar. <laughs> well, well, we'll keep it uh, in our, our hearts and our minds because we'll definitely... Keep, make it a rain check and and hopefully have you guys done a virtual tapeworms thing yet i've been thinking we, about going live to one no to i i've one. i've been thinking about just going on on ig live and doing like a little yeah you guys should just do tapeworms should just do one yeah we're gonna do a twitch yeah. sesh no, twitch no, sesh no we're, gonna play, we're gonna play no league of legends <laughs> we're just gonna watch george play league of legends i'll watch george play Play league and then while we play behind him we comment <laughs> yeah we'll play with ourselves while george plays league of legends <laughs> oh hell no league of wankers <laughs> we're, we're gonna do commentary just talking about how the world is different while he's, while he's yeah well <laughs> yeah like the korean baseball game. <laughs> good one freddie good one we'll call in eduardo perez and uh and carl ravich to and, and to narrate your games roll us to sleep Oh, Eduardo Perez actually responded to my uh, right. Korean baseball stand account. Yeah, that's, that's why I brought him up. So yeah, let me bring up the original tweet because I was laughing my ass off on the opening day um, when, like, Eduardo Perez would just always interrupt uh, Carl Ravitch when they were interviewing this guy, and so I just like tweeted at him. I, at this point, I only had like a followers <laughs> I just started the count and I'm like they should do over under bets on how many times uh Eduardo Perez is gonna interrupt Carl Ravitch on the next broadcast and then he was like he responded he's like I'll take the under so it was <laughs> yeah. a good sport it was a good sport yeah well George let's I know you mentioned IU I we got to make that I think our our ending song. So what's what's the what's the one song we're going to play uh, uh, to conclude our show? Yeah. Let me pull that shit up. <laughs> it's called 8 by IU featuring Sugar of BTS. Eight. Sugar, Sugar's cool. 8. Yasuo produced it. I heard IU wouldn't get anywhere without feature from BTS. Yeah.
내 머릿속 작별은 마치 자나고쳐 같이 그리움과 같이 마주하는 아침 서로가 이 연겁을 지나 꼭 있어 나서 Thank you for listening to the Tape Rooms podcast. And remember, keep, keep it, it warm. Gato's kept his mouth shut. He was scared of saying it. <laughs>